Hello and welcome to the Encouraging Angels podcast with Stan Szymanski. I'm your host, Stan Szymanski. Today is Monday, January 22nd, 2024, and I have a great show for you today. Neither Encouraging Angels nor Stan Szymanski nor anyone affiliated with Encouraging Angels is offering any type of advice on this program. We do not offer financial advice. We do not offer legal advice. We do not offer medical advice. We do not offer personal advice of any kind. Please consult a professional in the area of your need or interest. It has been a while since I wrote a financial article. And for those of you that don't know, uh, when my daughter uh, manifested her sickness, I was a broker and a board-certified financial planner with a major investment firm. You know, here in Pittsburgh, it's a, it's a, actually a worldwide firm, but anyway, in Pittsburgh. Um, and so that is why, even though I'm the CEO of a disability ministry that I write financial articles from time to time because even though with everything that we went through, you know, as a family with our daughter, with her catastrophic illness, uh, these things that I write about impact everyone. And especially when you talk about, uh, a caregiver, let's just say it's mom and dad and, you know, dad worked for a company his whole life and has a 401k and or a pension. And uh, they're relying on this to get them through because what else do they have to kind of leave their daughter? And in fact, when you start talking about like special needs trust and all that, well, what's going to fund that? It's what you worked and saved for, typically, unless you inherited a lot, you know. Um, so it's going to be people's pensions and, uh, and for would they do a survivor pension for a child? I don't know if they can, but you know, again, things like savings, investments, real estate, and, um, 401ks and life insurance. And a lot of things can be used to fund, you know, trusts. But let me tell you what I'm going to report on today has very, very serious implications, literally for every American. Sorry about that. That's hot tea. I already had coffee, so I'm drinking the tea to, to hydrate. Now, I'm going to read the article that I wrote today, and thank goodness that it has found its way around the web. Uh, it's on stevequail.com, and it's going to probably be on a few others. I just haven't heard back from them, so I don't want to say that they have or haven't yet. Um, but here's the article to share with you, and again, this is up on encouragingangels.org at EA blog. Okay. Protect your assets and savings now before the unfolding Wall Street mortgage downfall has you starring in your own real life financial horror movie. And uh, I have the picture there of the, um, the poster for the big short, which was a true story. And I used uh, markup to write G-E-R after um, big, so bigger, the bigger short. And you'll see why in a, and, uh, as we read through here. Time for more tea. By Stan Szymanski. Okay. I have no experience 
in commercial real estate. Except that when I was an investment broker, I always worked in some concrete structure that was most likely financed by a commercial real estate mortgage. The once great story of CRE, that's commercial real estate, is falling apart. On January 17th, the New York Post broke a story that BlackRock had defaulted on its Manhattan property that it had purchased in 2014 for more than $600 million. Originally appraised for $605 million, the property has steadily lost value since 2014. According to Bloomberg, BlackRock stopped paying on the mortgage in 2022. The mortgage was put into special servicing for the past 18 months. Then came the New York Post report mentioned above that the $308 million face value of debt was put on the market for just $150 million. So in other words, um, you know, they bought the property for $605. They financed $308. And now... 10 years later, they're putting that debt on the market for just $150 million. Let's continue. According to Global Capital, the occupancy rate at the property on Broadway was only a meager 7.4% as of September 2023. Let me step away again for a second from the article. I didn't mention this part, but occupancy in New York, in Manhattan, and you will find this in the New York Post article, occupancy rates were roughly, roughly 90%, 90% in Manhattan. And in September of 2023, the occupancy at this property which its importance is going to become more apparent to you as we go on. Its occupancy rate was only 7.4% as of September 2023. With an occupancy rate, I'm back at the article now, with an occupancy rate of less than one-tenth of the capacity of the building, how can any proposed investor in the debt of this white elephant hope to make a profit on their investment. The CMBS, that's Commercial Mortgage Backed Security, that securitizes the building is being put on the market at 51% off, and the structure was allegedly already overvalued by $100 million at the time of purchase. Quote, it was repeated, excuse me, it was reportedly full of tenants paying below market rents with a source telling the Post uh, that EQ, and that is, uh, that's BlackRock's company, overpaid for the building by at least $100 million. And again, that's, I have the link there from the New York Post. To me, that means, and I'm reading from the, my article now, to me, that means that Blackstone overpaid by approximately 16.7%, or is another way of saying that the architecture only had a market value of $500 million. 
That is another way of saying that the $308 million loan that BlackRock defaulted on and is now being offered at a 51% discount at $150 million should be worth substantially less uh, than its current offering price. Add on top of that a paltry 7.4% occupancy rate to support the cash flow on the premises, and how does this work out for anybody? The sum of all this looks catastrophic, in my humble opinion. Not only is this a huge problem for the commercial real estate market, what about all of the pensions that own commercial real estate through investment trusts and other investment vehicles? The movie, The Big Short, described the horrible underbelly of the residential real estate market and the cascading effect of all of the financing built on top of that lie that culminated in the unfolding of the global financial crisis of 2007-2008. Only the massive printing of money by the Federal Reserve kept the worldwide financial system from total collapse. The next year, 2009, was the first summit of the BRICS nations. Quote, At their first summit in 2009, the BRICS states affirmed their commitment to a multipolar world order and global non-interventionism and called for a new global reserve currency as an alternative to the U.S. dollar. And that's from Britannica. My link is there. Back to the article. The rest of the world officially became sick of the United States exposing the globe to its practice of financial unwellness and largesse. In 2024, the American financial markets have a new real estate calamity, which could well become a catastrophe known as CMBS, that's Commercial Mortgage-Backed Securities. With the unveiling of the BlackRock situation, the scope of this problem is now playing out in a most unfavorable manner. This will, no doubt after it plays out, spawn another celluloid recap of all the terrible tidbits of the unfolding of the American CMBS debacle. It may be very apt to uh, be called the bigger short, as any attempt to bail out a failed financial system by the same entity, the Fed, will, in my humble opinion, end badly. The Fed has trillions more on its own balance sheet than back during the 2007 and 8 uh, period and has already made provision for a central bank digital currency, CBDC, to literally print worthless fiat currency into infinity without accountability and imprison the American citizen in the completely controlling clutches of its CBDC. The people who actually made money in the big short bet against the financial system. Perhaps this is a theme that all of us should consider at this time with things like commodities, Precious metals, food, water, energy, 
shelter, and protection. This is not financial advice. Cue the 2024 artificial intelligence generated image of Steve Carell. And that is my article that I wrote uh, this morning. I got a couple uh, syntax errors in there I got to fix. But being that as it may, folks, when you think back to the financial crisis, the great financial crisis of 2008, the United States was on the precipice. The world was on the precipice of the entire financial system worldwide collapsing. Can you? I can't really uh, be more emphatic than that. It's hard, and it's hard to overstate the importance of that. It's hard to overstate the importance of that. And this time, I'm saying tongue in cheek that if they make a movie about it, it won't be called the big short. It'll be called the bigger short. Because there won't be a way for the Fed to step in and print the money. I mean, back then, when this all happened, and then during the next year that we came to kind of understand a bit more about everything regarding that financial crisis, you couldn't believe, you know, how much the Fed printed. And that did not come out for years past, you know, 2009, you know, and so so on, uh, because they came before the public, Henry Paulson and the president, you know, and said that we need, I forget what the number was, but it was roughly uh, $800 billion, you know, short of a trillion, right? Um, in reality, the last number that I remember seeing is that in reality, they printed, I think it was, and again, you can't quote me on this, but I'm, I'm going by memory, that they actually had to print $19 trillion to save the system. And you know, that that's not even counted in the, uh, the debt numbers and the national debt and so forth. I mean, it's unreal when you think about it. When you think about that, how big would the number be today? I mean, is it five times, 10 times that number? And then you start talking about the derivatives, all the bets upon bets, the, which the big short actually does a very, very good job of explaining. It's a great movie to watch. Um, but we'd be talking hundreds of trillions, if not quadrillions. And estimates of just the derivatives market, I mean, can't, and this, and they vary wildly, but a number of people estimate the derivatives market to be somewhere around one and a half quadrillion. How big's a quadrillion? Well, think about it this way. A thousand thousands is a million. A thousand millions is a billion. A thousand billions is a trillion. And a thousand trillion is a quadrillion. Folks, uh, those are just um, numbers. It just becomes parabolic. 
In other words, the graph, instead of going up like a mountain, it just goes straight up. Um, and so the, the real bottom line of the article is how does this affect you? Well, people, there are plenty of people who got cleaned out during the great financial crisis. Now, the folks in the movie who are real people, that was the Christian Bale character and the Steve Carell character and the Ryan Gosling character and the Brad Pitt character, they made money. They made a lot of money. But it was at the expense, basically, of everyone on the other side of the trade, everyone who owned all the crap that was going into the toilet, the mortgage business. But a lot of people lost, you know, on stocks and so forth too. Especially, you know, it's it's a good reminder not to be leveraged, not to be on margin. Because when it goes against you, it's catastrophic. People never have enough money to, to, to uh, come up with a margin call. Because you always, if if all you had was in, and you know, typically if margin's fifty percent, you know, if you put ten thousand dollars into something and you margin it, and it's at you know at fifty percent, you can buy twenty thousand dollars worth of stock, let's say. But when it goes down, and all you have um, is the asset, you don't have stuff elsewhere to be able to to pay the margin call. You have to sell $3 to get $1. That's how margin works. To get $1 to pay your bill, you have to sell $3 of the asset. So, I mean, it becomes catastrophic very quickly. I just saw an email came through that Bill Holter at BillHolter.com is uh, putting my article up. So thank you to Bill. And uh, that's another great place to get financial information. Um, Folks, a catastrophe, another catastrophe in mortgage-backed securities, but this time commercial real estate as opposed to residential could just absolutely be catastrophic in my humble opinion. And again, I want to say I am not giving financial advice to anyone. This is just information. You know, everything on this show, I forgot to say it today, but everything on this show uh, is for informational purposes only. There is no advice being given on this program to anyone. I'm, I, You know, I'm telling you what I might do, you know, to concentrate on things like commodities, like precious metals, like water, like food, because that's a whole nother issue of, of what's coming that there's, there's going to be a drought. There's going to be shortages of food. Famine always accompanies war. We have war. Go read Steve Quayle today. SteveQuayle.com. S-T-E-V-E-Q-U-A-Y-L-E.com. Go take a look at his news feed. You'll be astounded with the amount of reporting on war, which the mainstream media... ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, you know, etc. Do not tell you. Go look at stevequail.com to pick up, you know, more information on war, what's coming. Uh, again, I go back. This is for everyone. Everyone, everyone. My message today, however, especially important for the caregivers of the disabled and the special needs. If you get financially wiped out, what's going to happen to those who you care for 
If you run an institution taking care of special needs and disabled folks, and everyone there takes it in the shorts, like for life, uh, financially, what? how is that going to affect the care for those people? It's going to be bad, folks. In Again, in my humble opinion. Um, you know, I, I just, I read this, I read about this commercial real estate mortgage issue today, and I was just knocked out about how bad it is. Just about how bad it is, folks. And if it's happening at BlackRock, the biggest investment manager in the country, I think they have $10 trillion under management. What else is going on? What's going on in all the other cities that, that don't have a thriving downtown anymore because everybody's working from home or dead? And again, we've, you know, I was on uh, Happy Hour with Dr. T, that's Dr. Tenpenny, uh, which is a Bible study, uh, and also talking about ministry. But she mentioned that in in the examination of global databases as of October 2022, that that estimated 20 million people around the world were dead, not due to the virus, but due to the jab. Dr. Pierre Corey has come in and said it's around 17 million. But you get the picture, don't you? There's a lot of people not coming back to work. I mean, America's about 5% of the world population. Of course, we take like 70% of the world's drugs, something like that. So, uh, I mean, even at 5% of 20 you know, million, like Dr. Tenpenny's number, uh, you know, that's a million people dead. It could be a whole lot higher than that. And again, this is for informational purposes only. Um, I'm not a statistician. Um, but folks, I did this story today for you to consider where you are. You cannot be asleep with your investments. You can't. And uh, I mean... I, again, I would encourage people to investigate. I'm not giving anyone financial advice. Investigate precious metals, commodities. Investigate, and again, safe ways of investing in them. And like with PMs, like where you hold the silver, let's say if you bought some silver, where you hold it, you're not buying a, an ETF because that's just paper. That's black numbers on a page. You know, own the coins, own the bars, whatever. You know, when it's you making sure that you have water. My God. I mean, we're talking about things that will become life and death in short order. That you have water stored, that you have a way to uh, accumulate water, like with rainfall maybe, uh, and a way to purify water and store it. I mean, folks, you know, and having food, famine is something coming with all these wars. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. But those are investments as well. 
You see what I'm getting at? I mean, things like gold and silver have been money for um, 5,000 years. Who can tell me in, in the real estate investment trust that you hold in your 401k, the, either as a fund or it's a, a, an exchange listed security, who can tell me what's in there? Who can tell me the real value of that mortgage that they own? That thing could just be a big turd. I mean, a large turd. Excuse my language here. And you can put a bow on it and you can wrap it up in silver paper. But when it comes time for you to depend on it, it's still a turd. Take a look at the story that I wrote and look at the resources that I linked to inside that article. So that you can consider for yourself, share with your investment um, advisor. You know, I'm not an investment advisor. I'm not giving you any uh, financial advice at all. This is information. That's it. Folks, consider supporting, encouraging angels. If I told you all the things that we have suffered and and endured, uh, you know, during the time of our uh, ministry, (laughs) I almost said misery, Freudian slip, um, of our our ministry, um, you know, you'd be shocked. And we've stood up for a lot of things. I stood up against the jab. I said no. And it cost Encouraging Angels a 15-year contract to deliver music services to the disabled. I believe, although I can't prove it, I believe it also cost us our 15-year success in writing a grant so that we could do a live at five. Um, and so, I, you know, I switched and started doing a lot of, you know, media, uh, the podcasting, the writing. And I've done a lot of songwriting over the last year. It's still not ready for, you know, to be produced and so forth. But I'm, I'm working on it so we can, I can get together with a songwriting friend of mine and get these things produced and recorded. Uh, so I can do worship anytime I want. I don't, and then I don't have to worry about, um, you know, paying um, royalties to anybody else. Um, so that's all being worked on. Consider, please, if you find value in the music message and the testimony here at Encouraging Angels, go to www.encouragingangels.org, click on the Donate tab, and um, you can give online with your plastic, you know, your debit card, credit card, uh, using our Cornerstone link right there, or you can uh, send something to our P.O. box. Folks, with all this going on... um, Boy, if if some financial catastrophe happened around what I discussed today, you may well need Jack Lawson's book, Civil Defense Manual, uh, in how to handle water, food, nuclear survival skills, neighborhood protection team, night fighting, communications, area study. All that's covered in Jack's book. Please go and examine it. Uh, it. You, he actually, I just found this out last week. He's got two free chapters. It's a 950-page resource, two volumes. That, like the chapter on water is on the website. Folks, come on. And the whole resource, 950 pages, two volumes, $100. You know, if, the, if we end up grid down, 
which I think is a possibility, uh, you will have a resource at your fingertips. Again, go check out Jack's book, civildefensemanual.com. And please, again, consider supporting Encouraging Angels. Share this podcast. Click that little share button and and share it with a friend because we're under attack on our podcast, let me tell you, um, where we're getting censored. Um, It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Folks, consider all this. Consider what I shared with you today about my writing. The writing is at encouragingangels.org at EA blog. This is the Encouraging Angels podcast. I'm Stan Szymanski, and I look forward to seeing you right here next time.